0: Okay, we're going to begin thinking about Passover. Uh, Go through a little history of it. And of course, it plays a major role in the Lent message because it it was the last, we call it the Last Supper. That was Passover uh, for Jesus. But there's more to it than that. There's a whole... uh, attitude that surrounds us. And if I ask you this question, how would you explain Christmas to somebody who never saw it before? Uh, It's a lot to explain, isn't it? There's a whole lot of feelings there. There's a whole lot of uh, memories and all of those things that go with Christmas. Plus decoration. We send money to Africa at Christmas time Tell them, we want you to do something special. They buy more food most of the time. <laughs> and, and they buy some candy. And that's Christmas. Uh, and so it's a, a whole uh, culture that develops around a holiday like Christmas. And uh, I've I've done Christmas both ways, with money and without. (laughs) You can do it both ways, and it still works. And so it's a lot to think about when we talk about the culture that develops around Christmas. Everybody's happy, changes the attitudes of people. And so when we come to Passover we understand that the events that we've been talking about, uh, riding into Jerusalem, clearing the temple, and the conflict in the temple with Jesus, and all the things that lead up to it are all in an atmosphere of a holiday, Passover. And so it changes the narrative quite a bit. And certain things are only possible that if it happened on that week it wouldn't have been like that if it happened any other time because uh, there was times when you stayed up late at night and almost all night and pass over and normally all right we don't do that and so things happen because of Passover. And the Bible, as you constantly go through the story of the last week of Christ, they're saying, well, it's this day of Passover, it's that day of Passover. And we go by it because we don't really get it. All right? We don't understand the culture of Passover. So we're going to try to go through it a little bit over the next few Sundays so that maybe we can have a better grasp of what it's all about. We're going right to the beginning, Exodus chapter 12. And uh, we're going to make a list of what what Passover was supposed to be. Uh, And Moses and Aaron are the ones who are bringing in the first Passover. Strict instructions from God on how to do it. So we're going to try to make a little list today and think about Uh, The attitudes behind the list and then try to start to apply those things over into uh, the story of Christ and that last week of his life which is Passover. So we're in Exodus chapter 12. Let's go down and make a little list. And uh, see what we come up with. The Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be it to you, the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. And speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And so uh, the, God says the first month is going to be when we celebrate Passover. That's going to be New Year for you. For uh, us, it's the month of April. All right, we go by a Roman calendar. You understand our calendar came from Rome. The way we count months and times came from Rome. Jews had their own calendar, and the first month of the year was when you were going to start with Passover. And so, it's like New Year so how do you feel that new year well we're going to start over here we go again let's be happy and go charge off into the new year that's the beginning of passover all right and he says on the 10th day on the 10th day this is really important i want you to pick a lamb pick a lamb that you're going to use for your passover celebration pick it on the 10th day you're going to ask, well, why is that? Well, see if we can find out. Let's see what it says. Verse 4, if the household be too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make you count for a lamb. So, you've got to pick one lamb, and you're going to eat eat it, and you've got to eat it all. No leftovers are allowed. And so, Uh, you may need to get your neighbor involved. Mm -hmm. If there's two or three people in your family, you go next door and say, hey, come on over, we've got to eat this lamb, because we can't have any leftovers. And if that's only two or three, you get somebody else. Until you get a pretty large crowd, you get enough people to eat the lamb. uh, And make sure you eat the whole thing. You're going to cook it, and in one meal, you're going to eat a whole lamb. NOW LAMBS AREN'T THAT BIG, OKAY. Uh, WE'VE DEMOLISHED A TURKEY, NO PROBLEM, RIGHT, AT OUR HOUSE AND YOU HAVE TOO, RIGHT. BUT A LAMB CAN BE A LITTLE BIGGER THAN THAT. ALL RIGHT. SO IT'S it's NOT A LITTLE SMALL MEAL. IT'S A PRETTY BIG MEAL. AND GOD SAYS YOU'RE GOING TO HAVE TO EAT THE WHOLE THING. ALL RIGHT. VERSE 5, YOUR LAMB SHALL BE WITHOUT BLEMISH, A MALE OF THE FIRST YEAR. YOU SHALL TAKE IT OUT FROM THE SHEEP OR THE GOATS. IT'S A BABY SHEEP or a goat. Either one will work. But it has to be perfect. It's got to be in perfect condition. You can't get one with a broken leg or anything. It's got to be a perfect lamb. And so you pick one of your best stock for this particular uh, meal. Verse 6. You shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. The whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. So you picked it on the 10th month. On the 14th day of the month, that's when you kill it and eat it. You're going to eat it on the same day, which is the 14th day. All right. Fascinating. You get it yet? You will in just a minute. I will catch you up. All right. Verse 7. They shall take the blood, strike it on the two-side posts and on the upper door post of the house where they shall eat it. Right, so you're going to kill a lamb and you, by slitting its throat and you keep a bowl, slit its throat, catch the blood in the bowl. Then you go to the door pulse and you sprinkle the blood over the door post. So sprinkled blood on the door. On the door. This is the first one. That they ever did. Right. God's tell them how to do it. Verse 8: They shall eat the flesh in that night, roast it with fire, unleavened bread and bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Eat out of it raw or sodden, that means boiled at all with water, but roast it with fire, head and its legs, and all the pertinence thereof. And so the meal will consist of lamb, and it's going to be roasted. Don't boil it, you're going to have to roast it. and You're going to have unleavened bread. That's flat bread, um, no yeast in it. And then there's going to be bitter, what they called? Bitter herbs, um, in general that was lettuce, All right. That was lettuce, bitter herbs, or something like lettuce is what they considered uh, bitter herbs. So that's the meal. That you're going to eat. And uh, verse 10. You shall not let nothing of it remain till the morning. That which remaineth of it till the morning you shall burn with fire. So there's, there's no leftovers. Very important. No leftovers. God doesn't want it. 11. You shall eat it with your loins girded, shoes on your feet, staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It's the Lord's Passover. So he says, here's what you do. Hurry up! When I, when I walk in the house, first thing I do is get rid of the shoes, right? You all do the same thing. You don't wear shoes around the house. And I sit down, I go, ah. And then I think it's time to eat. I'm no, no. He so says, you eat standing up, you get your shoes on, get your act together, collect yourself up, and you're going to eat this meal in a hurry. And that's why you can't boil the lamb. It takes longer to cook if you boil it. So, you're going to have to roast it over fire so you can cook it as fast as you possibly can. So, this is a hurry up, hurry up, hurry up deal. All right. So, he says, you get your act together, make that fire, and boil that lamb, get it going, get ready. All right. Now, let's see where else he says. verse 12, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, against all the gods of Egypt, and I will execute the judgment of the Lord. And the blood shall be to you a token upon the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the blood plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So the point was uh, there's an angel coming tonight. This is the first Passover. There's an angel coming, and he's not one of these nice ones. He's a tough hombre. He's called the death angel. And he comes to kill. He's going to go to every house in Egypt. Every house, Jewish or not. And if he comes to the house and there's blood on the door, he passes over. That house, why it's called Passover. Passes over that house, goes to, if he gets to an Egyptian house, no blood on the door, kill anything that's firstborn. If it's a a cow, kill it. Firstborn cow, kill it. Firstborn human, kill it. Everything goes firstborn. And so get yourself together and uh, get ready. Now, verse 14. This day shall be to you a memorial. You shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by ordinance forever. So this is to be done every single year forever, he says. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread from the first day you put away leaven out of your houses. Whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day to the seventh day, that soul will be cut off. And so, uh, at the uh, beginning of, uh, well, I should say, the end of Passover, uh, we start, and there's, it's the 14th day when you start to have nothing but unleavened bread through the 21st day, and it's all unleavened bread. Now, here's an interesting note Hebrews chapter 11, famous chapter of men of faith and what they did. And there's an interesting comment here, talking about Moses, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 28. Through faith, he kept the Passover, the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And so here's what he says. Moses ate the Passover by faith. I want to ask you, how do you eat a meal by faith? Well, I've had a few that (laughs) I think I don't know if I'm going to make it through this or not. I remember we were kids, this lady invited us, and they had the kind of old ways, and she made a ham that was absolutely floating in fat. And the, you the know, ham was this big and the bowl was this big and the fat was all over it. My mother went in and looked at it and she said, I don't feel good. <laughs> went out and threw up out in the yard. I said, she's lucky. She could do that so she don't have to eat it. I gotta eat that stuff. I don't know if I'm gonna make it. It says by faith Moses ate that meal. So why does it take faith to eat a meal? All right. Now, let's try to go back and cover some of these things so we think about applying them to the culture and the events that happened in this week, last week of Christ's life. Uh, Now, the blood caused, covered, as it should say, covered the house, kept it safe. And and so that the death angel, death passed over. Death passed over. Keep that in your mind as an important fact. Number one, let's look at this. It's a group celebration. It's not for one person ever to partake of. It is always a group celebration. And so it's meant to be. A happy celebration. And Jesus, when he did it, he celebrated it with the 13 men. Right? He's got 12 disciples and himself. What it would take to eat a whole lamb. And so he celebrates it following the rules, which was... You don't eat it by yourself. You gather together in a group. It's meant to be a group experience. It's meant to be a happy experience. It is also meant to be full of anticipation. I've told you how my mother uh, treated us at Christmas, winding us up like eight-day clocks. You can't anticipate by the time Christmas goes. It's anticipation. There's lots of anticipation that God put into the celebration. So he says, okay, on day 10, you go pick your lamb. So you're looking at your flock, which one? That looks like the best one. And we're going to eat you in a little bit. Not tomorrow or the next day, but on the 14th day, we're going to eat you. So it's, there's a built-in anticipation about what's happening. So uh, that means it starts, your new year starts on the 10th day of the week, which is, would be a Sunday. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all right? And then the 14th day. Thursday, right? Right? And so you're going to cook it and eat it on Thursday. Palm Sunday, he rode into Jerusalem. There's the lamb. We've just picked the lamb. Thursday, kill the lamb. What happens Thursday? Well, Thursday night, after. They eat Passover themselves. Uh, Judas betrays Jesus Thursday night. And he's turned over into the hands of the Romans and basically first the Jews. Um, And so that Friday morning, uh, early in the morning, 1 o'clock, they start the process of trying Jesus. And so the lamb is picked Sunday, rides into Jerusalem Thursday they're going to kill the lamb. And as he's riding in, behold, like John said, the Lamb of God, you've got to die Thursday. Right, according to how this was written so long ago. Now it says, hurry up, hurry up, get ready. All right, hurry up. Now when they first celebrating Passover, the reason to hurry up was, get that meal down your yak. Get your shoes on. Because when I say, go, we're all going at the same time. What are we going to do? We're going to leave Egypt, walk out of the door, underneath that blood, walk out of the door, and keep going, and we' ain't never coming back. We're free. So he said, "You make sure you're ready because old Pharaoh, he's kind of a hard guy to get along with, okay? And uh, old Pharaoh says, uh, uh, "Look, I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting you go. And God says, tonight he's going to change his mind. And when his firstborn son dies right in his house, he sends a message, get out. Get out. Go. And he says, when he says that, don't let us wait for you. you be ready. We're gone. We're gone. Make sure we go. All right. Now, there was a change in attitude or the hurry up attitude as far as Passover concerned when we read it in Jesus' story. Because they begin to say, you know, that first Passover they were slaves. They wanted to get out of there. We're not. We can relax. We don't have to hurry anymore. We're not slaves anymore. We're free to do whatever we want to do. So we are going to uh, relax. And they relaxed not like you or I do. They laid down and ate. All right. Jesus and his disciples were laying down around the table. And it took most of the night because it has a very relaxed atmosphere. as they're trying to communicate the new idea. The first one was hurry up get out of here. Hurry up and get out of here. Now we relax. All right? So in one way it changed. But in another way it didn't change at all. When they arrested Jesus late Thursday night and an into Friday morning there never was such a hurry as there was that time. They arrested him, tried him three times convicted him to die, whipped him, presented him, and it's hardly 7 o'clock in the morning. There never was a hurry up like that before. That Passover where Jesus is killed, somebody's hurrying, and it's the Jewish leaders because the people have been up all night celebrating, and they're tired. And so they're going... Somewhere. And there's no better time to get Jesus condemned to die than before they wake up. And so it was the biggest hurry up that you ever saw. They rushed. Get him, put him on trial. Couldn't get it together there. Send them to Herod. Couldn't get it together there. Back to Pilate. And before hardly the, the, the dawn breaks... They've already tried him, convicted him, whipped him and everything else. And it's all done. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. So it does apply. Even though the Jews said, no, not so. It does apply. Now, one of the things about this that's important is this part of it. the Bitter herbs. So You say, well, I like lettuce in all my meals. Well, I don't think they love them. They wouldn't have called it bitter. (laughs) This is a bitter thing. And the reason is because Passover, we want you to remember. So they'd pick up the lamb, and they would say, well, this is a symbol of that blood that we took and put on the door. We put the door on the blood. And uh, uh, so that first Passover, we we remember that. And then you're eating these bitter herbs, and they dipped them in like uh, you would call it a salad dressing, probably vinegar. So they had a whew, sharp taste, and they dipped them in the vinegar and ate it. Say, why well, do you want to eat that before? Because always with God. It's remember, remember, don't be forgetful. And when Jesus says, I'm going to now teach you about communion, what's the purpose of it? To remember. And so the original Passover was remember the bitterness of being in slavery, working in those uh, brick fields. How hard it was. It was a hard life. bitter feelings about it. I want you to remember. Don't forget those. Now Jesus comes to institute on this Passover meal that he's eating with the disciples. He's going to institute communion. What does he say? Do this in remembrance of me. Because your tendency will to be go about life and forget that Jesus suffered bitterly for you. He goes, I don't want you to forget that. And so part of the original uh, Passover was, I want you to sit down, and actually they had questions. Uh, in, the be- in the beginning of it, uh, when you had a family, you'd say, all right, here's some questions. And we asked these questions, and Dad answers the questions. When you get a little older, your oldest son was expecting to answer the questions. So you sit around Passover. Say, now why are we eating these bitter herbs? And your oldest son would say. Because we got to remember. How bitter was slavery in Egypt. And why do we eat this lamb? Because we needed the, the blood on the door. And he had questions to answer. Remember. Jesus was the oldest son. And as they're asking the questions, is Joseph asking Jesus, which is, kind of blows my mind. Uh, why are we putting this blood on the door? Why do we eat this bitter herbs? And so Jesus would have responded in Mary and Joseph's house to those questions. I guess if there was ever a, an oldest son that got it, understood it, it must have been him, huh? Wow. Something to think about. Um, So, we come to the question that we ask. It says Moses ate the meal in faith. So, why does it take faith to eat Passover? Just eat a meal, why does it take faith? Well, Remember this, old pharaoh was nobody to trifle with. He's a dangerous man. He has a considerable army, chariots, everything they need. And uh, he could just say, get rid of those people. Of course, the Jews had nothing. They don't have weapons. They don't have anything. All right. They're slaves. They got a shovel and a pitchfork, probably, if that. That's all they got. And so at any time, old Pharaoh could have said, just go, send the army out and kill them. But he didn't. He didn't. And when his firstborn son died, he said, get out. That was God stepping in because he is the earthly danger. But there is a much more prominent danger, and that is that death angel. Oh, he's way more dangerous than Pharaoh and all of Pharaoh's army. You won't even see him. He'll just stop by your house and That's the end of the firstborn. And again and again and again and again. Every barn, every building, every stable, every home all throughout Egypt. He just killed and killed and killed and killed. He's dangerous. And Moses believed. And this. You need to remember. Moses believed. That with God's help, they could escape death. That's why he ate it in faith. All right? That becomes the real theme of Passover. You got a very dangerous death ale death angel. And Moses says, I have faith that we can escape death. We can escape it, and he says he ate that meal. and We're gonna, we're, not, we're gonna make it. We're gonna live. We're not gonna die. My son, sitting there next to me, is gonna remember this, and we're gonna talk about it for years to come. And we will escape death tonight from something that was absolutely unstoppable—the death angel. So tonight, he says, "You're going We will escape death." That's why he ate it in faith. Now, I want you to think of this. That's why Jesus loved Passover. What's going to happen? You're going to escape death. And so he celebrates Passover. He said, I can't wait to celebrate it. We'll talk about next Sunday morning more. But he said he he, he couldn't wait. He said, I love doing this. I'm going to enjoy this with you. Why? Because Passover has a huge meaning. We escape death with God's help. And it was never more true, never more true than when Jesus ate that Passover. That week. All right? So, we're going to talk a little bit more about Passover. We just touched the beginning. All right? well, we get these concepts in our head. So, when we come to this season of the year, and we say, Why did Jesus make it happen on Passover? Because he walked in on the 10th, and on the 14th, he died. They anticipated his death, and as they said, Behold, the Lamb of God. That's why the Bible fits together like a perfect puzzle. You just got to find where the pieces go. Right? We're helping you put the pieces in the puzzle. And you're going to do it with an understanding of Passover. Now, we come to the real question next week. The rule was do this forever. Huh. We'll find out more about that next week. Thank you.